0: And i invite your attention to Matthew chapter 13 for our scripture reading. Let's all stand together for uh, the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 13, uh, just one verse today, verse 33. Another parable, he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. May God bless the reading of his word today Is my prayer. You may be seated. This morning we return to our consideration of these parables, stories known as the kingdom parables where Jesus often followed the formula, the kingdom of heaven is like. We call Jesus the king of kings and rightly so. And the king of kings has a very real kingdom and it's in the world today. And uh, from the moment that we receive Jesus Christ as our savior, we do so when we bow the knee and our tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. And from that moment then, we are a participant, a member, a subject unto heaven's king. I like the way that Paul wrote it in Colossians chapter 1, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us uh, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sin. The word delivered in that passage could literally be translated rescued. He's rescued us. You see we were under the dominion. In the domain of darkness. And depravity. We were there. In the darkness of sin. We were powerless to deliver ourselves. We were held captive, if you will, by the cruel taskmaster of sin. But Jesus Christ, by his grace, rescued us. And he did it. But through the redemption, that is through his blood. And as that, then we had this great passage: not only did he deliver us from the power, of the dominion of darkness, but he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We serve a new master today, amen? A new king. We're in a new kingdom. And as Jesus is absolutely unique, there is none like him. So we could also say there's no kingdom like his. Jesus told several stories to illustrate this to the disciples so that they might understand. And and by reading them even today, we still might understand just exactly what Jesus' kingdom is like the kingdom is like a sower sowing seed the kingdom is like a man who sowed good seed in his field only to find that there was tares among wheat the kingdom is like a grain of mustard seed the smallest of all seeds today we learn that the kingdom is like leaven and we don't commonly call it leaven today we call it yeast same thing, leaven is sometimes used in scripture in a very negative light and because of that many have interpreted this passage on the basis of that and the warnings that Jesus gave like when he said beware the leaven of the Pharisees and they conclude then that this is a warning against false teaching, against sinful practices and uh uh, much like Paul would use it both to the church at Corinth and to the church at Galatia and say that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Well, that was a parable, a proverb then, well-known. Much like our parable today, one bad apple spoiled the whole bunch, yeah, uh, or banana. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure exactly how that all works, but uh, uh, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Certainly there were times when leaven was used as a type of sin. No question about it. In fact that was so much the case that in the Old Testament economy they were forbidden to offer leaven as a sin offering. It could never be used in conjunction with any of the blood sacrifices. But while that was true there was also a thanksgiving offering that required the offering of leavened bread. We know about the festival of Passover. Its official name is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Every spring in the Old Testament economy, the Israelites were required to thoroughly clean their house. So as much as they possibly could, there would be no trace of any leaven left anywhere in their home. And probably where our ritual today of spring cleaning at least uh, uh, somehow is associated with that. You just want to clean out the old. When they left Egypt, they were required to remove all of the leaven. They couldn't carry any of their leaven with them from Egypt. uh, Because God did not want them bringing that old uh, leaven to them. In fact, he would feed them manna, bread, in the wilderness for many, many years. Before finally they were able to get to the promised land. And, and then they didn't start with the old leaven from Egypt. But instead uh, they made it fresh there in the promised land. We'll talk more about that in a moment. The Jews like their bread leavened. Just like we do. Uh, unleavened bread is kind of crunchy. Flat. And uh, just quite honestly is not real good. Um, The sacrificial system obviously rejected that. But that doesn't mean that leaven was always a bad thing. I like yeast bread. I like it. I like it a lot, in fact. I do. The leaven that Jesus talked about didn't come in a package like this. This is not an advertisement. Uh, It's just what we had in the house. This is how we're familiar with yeast. It comes in a little package. It's dry. Uh, but a lot of you have uh, experimented with what's known as bread starter. And you know how that works. And that's what they had in Bible times. Their, their yeast didn't come in packages because uh, they didn't sell it at Walmart back in those days. you uh, uh, couldn't go to Walmart and buy it. You had to make it. And if you'll Google it this morning, look it up on the internet. If you don't know how, you can actually make your own bread starter. You can make your own leaven just like they did in ancient times. You can do it, uh, just a little wheat and a little water. Uh, let it sit, uh, mix around with it for a few days. And I don't know, it's a long process. I didn't read the whole article, but you can do it. And they uh, they did it back then. Uh, Nancy has kept that uh, bread starter around, kept it going. You have to feed the stuff, you know, and use it occasionally and uh, it's good. I don't know about all the secrets of bacon. But I know you can mix a package of this stuff with some flour and an amazing thing happens. Uh, how much flour was used in the parable? Three measures. That's about 50 pounds of flour. Nine gallons. About 50 pounds of flour. So here's a lady. What does she have? Well, she had that uh, leaven. Her leaven was actually left over from the last batch of dough that she made. They would keep a little piece of it out. When they then began to mix up another batch of dough, and this was not a small little thing. Fifty pounds of flour makes a whole bunch of biscuits. Amen? I mean, whole bunch of rolls. I hope they had a big tub of butter because uh, uh, that... Uh, that just has to go along with it. Uh, a big, big batch of yeast rolled. Many, many loaves of hot bread was going to be made that day. But she just had a little bit. That would just save a little bit. That's all it took. Just a little. And as she mixed that carefully into that dough, the whole thing, the whole thing was leavened whole thing, just a little bit, work through the whole thing, at the end then she could take just a little bit of that dough, just a little, and put it back, and the next day or the next or two days from now, however long they waited, guess what, they could do the whole thing again, another 50 pounds of flour mixed with water, whatever ingredients they used, add in the leaven. And every time, pull out a little bit, mix up another batch. A little leaven. Now, because leaven is sometimes used in a negative light, I've I've told you many people tend to look at this as a bad thing. Uh, But I don't. I I believe Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And in this passage, uh, he's not describing... Something evil or bad about the kingdom. Because it's the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And we understand sometimes leaven was used as a type of sin. Sometimes it just made really good yeast bread. That smelled great while it was cooking. And you'll burn your fingers trying to get to it. After it comes out of the oven. Amen. Because we've smelled it so long. And we can't wait to get a piece of it. Uh, We like that big bread. I'm going to stop about that now and move on. (laughs) Excuse me for getting a little sidetracked there. Several things then this passage teaches us. First of all, it teaches us that the kingdom is very strong. The influence of the kingdom is very strong, just a little leaven, but it leavens the whole batch. Now, we know a lot about things that come in a very strong way. It's concentrated, and then it is mixed with something else so as to be diluted. Uh, If you have an outboard motor or uh, a chainsaw or just about anything that requires an oil mix, you know that you use one part oil to 40 or 50 parts gasoline. And the oil then is diluted so that it's a 50 to 1, 40 to 1 mix. Three ounces of uh, Roundup concentrate. Put it in a gallon of water. It's diluted. It's not nearly as strong as a full strength part. Take bleach, uh, put it in water. It's diluted. Still effective, but something strong then is added to something else and it's diluted. But that's not the way yeast works. You see, when yeast was put in the bread, 50 pounds of bread, just a little bit of yeast. But when the yeast has done its work, the whole thing is just as strong as that little piece was. It's all now leavened. And in fact, you can take just a little piece out of that. And put it in another 50 pounds and it will do the whole thing. And all of it then becomes just as strong as that first part. And that is because, of course, yeast is actually a bacteria. It's really alive. And in that nature of the kingdom, Jesus is telling us that this is very strong. Because wherever the gospel goes, it has a complete work. Wherever it is found and wherever it is received, it is multiplied, not diluted. What that means for us in a practical way is that every one of us is completely saved when we receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 tells us, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So that the gospel is then the power of God unto salvation. And the gospel is not diluted. A million people receive the gospel, but it's still the same gospel. And when you're saved, you're just as saved as anybody else is saved. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no just a, a, nobody's the saved. Or thank, thank the Lord. Nobody's the savedest. I wouldn't want to be in heaven with all eternity with somebody who was saveder than everybody else. <laughs> we never hear the end of it. The gospel's powerful. It is the power of God to everyone who believes. And its power is never diminished continues to operate as it has always operated. Which brings us to the second thing. Not only is it powerful, but it's also pervasive. Another parable, he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it all was all leaven. It is strong because it produces more that is every bit as powerful as that first little bite or that first little bit that was added. And then it works until we are 100% Leavened. There's no such thing as a little leavened. It just doesn't exist. There's a lot of other things. There's no such thing as a little lot of other things. But uh, uh, no, no such thing as a little leavened. If it is leavened at all, it's going to continue until it goes through the whole thing. There's no such thing as I can say that there's nobody who has saved or saved us. I can also say this morning that nobody is just a little bit saved. Nobody. Now, there are obviously many, many areas of our lives our personality, our emotions, our habits, our thought life, our vocabulary. We may think, well, I understand that the gospel has saved me, and I can understand that I'm all the way saved, but you know, somehow it doesn't seem like parts of me, uh, God has saved as the rest of me. It kind of reminds me of the old story about the big liar. There's an old preacher story. Probably never happened, just something. Somebody made up, but it makes a good point. The old preacher story used to tell a story about the guy, the biggest liar in the county that got saved. He wanted to get baptized, but it was still early in the spring, so they took him out in the creek when the water was cold, and they baptized him. And he came up and everybody was shouting and applauded. And somebody hollered out to him, was the water cold? He said, no, it was fine. They said, stick him under again. (laughs) He's still lying. That didn't happen probably. (laughs) And even if it did, they could baptize him a hundred times. And it's not going to take away his ability to lie. I wish it did. See, we look at ourselves and we understand, okay, I've been saved and, and the power of the gospel is like living. It goes through me until I'm all saved. There's no such thing as a little bit saved. But why is it then that we still struggle? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 puts it this way, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When it talks about proving that, it's talking about approving it. That is, it becomes something that is real in our life. That God wants us so to live so that that full salvation that He bought for us and provided for us. Becomes our experience. So we may approve. That good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We were dead, you see, in our trespasses and sins. And when God saved us, did he leave part of us dead? Uh, no. Uh, what happens if you have an injury and part of your body dies? Well, unless, unless we do something to it, that dead flesh, of course, will spread until you're dead all over. Just ask Gus McRae. And uh, I guess y'all hadn't watched The Lonesome Dove lately. That was just another story, by the way, huh? Um, There's something about that corruption and decay You see, if it was just left If part of us was left dead Then that would spread through all of us But The Bible says that God has made us alive With Jesus Christ Now I know this old flesh is still corrupt I understand all of that I know the theology of all of that And yet the Bible tells us And you hath he quickened That is made alive Who were dead in your trespasses and sins he didn't just stop there, but he said he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show forth the exceeding riches of his kindness, of his mercy, of his grace toward us in Christ Jesus. It is living indeed on the inside. It grows on the inside. Somewhat out of sight, watching bread rise is kind of like watching grass grow. It doesn't seem to move very much until you look away and look back and, wow, it's happened. You move away from it for a while, move back. You see, the, the kingdom is, is like leaven. It leavens the whole lump. Now it's working. Sometimes it's working on the inside. Sometimes it's working in ways that we can't see or that we can't understand. And so when we look at our life and we think, you know, I know that God saved me, but I've still got a problem here. I know that God saved me, but I've still got a problem here. I know that God saved me. I still got a problem here. I know that God saved me, but I think things I shouldn't think. I I, I sometimes want to go places I shouldn't go. I still struggle with the old flesh. But if you're honest with yourself. And with your God you'd admit and you'd know that it's not like it once was and it's not like it could have been and would have been had you not received Jesus Christ in your life he's working you see whether we see it or not whether we understand it or not it's always bubbling down there it never stops working Another aspect then of the kingdom that's shown when he says that the kingdom is like leaven Is that it is deliberately spread The kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid Uh, She did that on purpose She took her bread starter and she mixed it with the dough from the 50 pound sack She did so very deliberately It would have done absolutely no good And been a terrible waste of flour for the most part uh, For her to leave the starter sitting around on the shelf Uh, The fact that it was in the proximity to the starter would not have helped it. The fact that maybe she could have showed it to it. Well, you see that? This is. You have to mix it in for it to do any good. You know, one of the things that the ancient Jews did when a young woman was married, what a part of their tradition, was they would take. Uh, a, a little bit of that dough from the last batch of dough that they made. And they would give it to her on her wedding day. So that as she went forward then. She would be making bread. in a sense of continuity with her family. And with her mother. And, and how she had been taught to do this. And made sure she had that starter. So she could keep doing that. Adding it to the dough. This was such a common thing. Jesus didn't have to explain it to the disciples. They, they understood it. So, so very common. For our purposes, what that means is you've got to have some gospel if you're going to give the gospel. We're going to have the kingdom. We've got to be a part of the kingdom in order for us to share that. And I think that's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 when he said, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death. To the other a fragrance from life to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Of all the aromas of this world, the aroma of fresh baked bread appeals to us in a way that we can't really explain, can't define it. If you've never smelled it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about the aroma. And when Paul tells us that we are spreading around our community, around our world, wherever we are, the aroma of Jesus Christ, he is telling us that the presence of Jesus in our life is powerful. And it is attractive. And he has deliberately placed us in the world in which we live. That's why he didn't save us and take us immediately to heaven. He left us here. Why? like leaven he left you there to be an influence, to spread the influence, the aroma of Jesus Christ and a little bit goes a long way you say well I'm all all alone at school it's not altogether a bad thing I don't know if there's any other Christians in my class what an opportunity you have I work with a bunch of heathens. What an opportunity. A little leaven, just a little, doesn't take much. And what an opportunity there is around you. For you to influence them for the cause of Christ. Just a little goes a long, long way. If you have the gospel, you see, if you're the subject... Of the kingdom, God works then to hide you in the flower that is all around you. You are that agency of the kingdom of Christ. And then the really good news. It's unstoppable. Uh, three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Uh, you see, once you put the leaven in there, you really can't stop it. It's, it's, it's leavened, it, it's going to go and it's going to go and keep going as long as it goes, it's going to do its thing. I want you to know that the power of the kingdom of Christ is in the world today and it is doing its thing. And it is going to continue to. Revelation chapter 21 tells us how it's going to wind up I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away And there was no more sea Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more sorrow, and there shall be no more pain. Revelation 21 It goes on to talk about all the things that will not be found there. Nothing that defiles. You see, there is going to come a day when this world is going to be populated by God's people. Period. It's going to be full of the people of God. And that's all. That's all kingdom of Christ you see is working in the world today And it is doing what he has designed to do And it is moving toward that inescapable conclusion When there will be a new heaven and a new earth Filled with new people And we'll enjoy God for all eternity I'll bring this down on a kind of personal note Wrap things up today You know at least a part of the reason for this parable I think it's to highlight that in the kingdom of Christ There's room for the role of women as well I don't think it's really possible for us living in America today To understand what a revolutionary thing it would have been for Jesus To say my kingdom is like a woman baking bread See there's room for the role of women as well in the kingdom It's strange that in our culture, Christianity is so often depicted as being abusive almost toward women. When in fact, in its historical context, it was just the opposite. The kingdom of heaven is is like a woman baking bread. It's, It's like leaven that a woman takes and... In fact, some commentators have gone so far as to suggest that the whole reason this parable was given was to highlight the role of women in inserting the leaven, if you will, of the gospel, the leaven of the kingdom as they raise their children. And that incredible role that women have in raising children Teaching them the love of Jesus. Showing it not only to their kids, but to other kids. It's like a leaven that's hidden. (laughs) Hidden. It works out of sight. And maybe for a while they don't think it's working, but it is working. I wouldn't argue with that application, but it also has an application for us all. See, no matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances are, the Bible says that God is constantly at work in us, and you and me, diffusing the knowledge of Christ, the aroma of Christ in the world around us. It's such an incredible concept that Paul, as he considered it, would end up crying out, who is sufficient for these things? Because to the one, we are the aroma of death and unto death. Because somehow, you know, when we're presenting Christ to our world, we're going to find out there's a lot of people out there who don't want to hear it. And in fact are diametrically opposed to it. And it's hard for us to imagine that there's some people in the world who don't like the smell of freshly baking bread. But there are people out there who are repulsed by the aroma of Christ's victory. They're in sin. They love their sin. But to the other, he says, we are the Rome of life unto life. God, you see, has taken us. He has changed us by the power of the gospel. He inserts us into the world. So that we influence those around us. And a little leaven goes a long way. It may work a long time in your classroom before you begin to see the results. But one day you'll look back and say, wow, (laughs) look at that. It might take a long time for it to work at your place of work, wherever it is that you do your business. If you'll faithfully continue to represent Christ in that place, you may look around someday and say, wow. Wow. God was working all along and I didn't even know it. It might take years before that person you used to work with and lost contact with comes around to him and says, you know how you used to talk to me about Jesus? I just want you to know I've been saved. God gives you those experiences from time to time. And oh, how precious they are. Be faithful, Christian people. We're on the winning side kingdom of heaven is constantly at work it's like leaven inserted in a big batch of dough and it works and it works and it keeps on working God may pull just a little batch then out of that and put it in another batch and it works And a little batch out of that and put it in another one and, and it works. In a way, we could say today that all of us are here right now in Cabot, Arkansas. As believers in Jesus Christ. Because all the time since Jesus was here on this earth. People have lived. They've served Jesus. Taught the scriptures. They've died and gone on to glory. But the message of the gospel. Continues on. This is a wonderful parable about how powerful the gospel is. Aren't you glad you know this king and you serve in this kingdom? Maybe today you don't know Jesus. It's not been that time in your life when you understood that when Jesus died on the cross it had your name on it. Never been that time when you trusted Jesus Christ. Ask Him then to be your Savior, forgive you of your sins. Maybe you understand, maybe you don't, that there is indeed a heaven, that there is a a new heaven and a new earth as we talked about. If I'd have read from just the chapter above, you'd find out that there's also an eternal lake of fire that is the eternal abode of all of those who reject Christ and who rebel against His kingdom. You don't want to go there. And you don't have to because Jesus Christ provided the means whereby you could be saved, delivered from the domain of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Would you receive Christ today? Maybe you've already done that. You need to follow Him in baptism. We're going to have just a moment of invitation. I want you all to stand at this time. If you got that decision you need to make for Christ This is your time to come forward Let's pray together please Heavenly Father As we come now to the end of this message And our time together today Holy Spirit I pray for you to do What only you can do And that is to move in the hearts Of men and women Boys and girls And show them of their need To be saved If they're already saved Then to follow you in baptism And if they've already been saved and baptized Then to be added to the church where they can be taught as you commanded us to teach them Holy Spirit in whatever way this message applies to your people move it in their hearts in Jesus name Amen as we sing you come
1: To the Savior, leave me my sin and strong.
0: You all for being here today. I hope that the message has been an encouragement to you and a reminder uh, that we do indeed serve the King of Kings. If we're saved, we're a participant in his kingdom, and God intends for us then, he's inserted us, hidden us into this world uh, to work, to be an influence for Jesus Christ. What an incredible opportunity that is! What a serious responsibility it is. And let's uh, Spread that influence as we go forward and go around. Uh, For those of you who are guests here today, and we do have some first-time guests, uh, maybe you found a visitor's information card, maybe you didn't, please come by the visitor's information desk. It's right straight out this back door here on the ground level. Nancy and I, my wife and I, will be back there. We'd love to meet you. We've got a gift for you. We'd like to give you something just to uh, remember us by, give you some more information about our church and also, hopefully, uh, maybe you'll give us a name, phone number. We're not going to pester you, but I do want to be able to get in touch with you, find out what God's doing in your life, and uh, just like to meet you, nothing else. And uh, thank you for being by and, and come to us. So, Nancy, if you'll take this and head on out, baby, i Make you some not, not a hint, yeah. but uh, kind of like. Nancy makes the best yeast roll. She uses her mama, grandma's m- recipe. And uh, uh, if you want it, she can't give it to you because it's y'all know how it is, little of this, little. Of this. Poof, there it is. for the bill.
2: Brother Jerry Matthews will come and dismiss us as he's coming there. Don't want to go through all these announcements. There's just a few there. I do want to remind you of a blood drive this Wednesday afternoon, summer blood drive. And I tell my class, it, it just, the poke, just for a moment, hurts just a moment. And uh, again, we would love for you to come and be part of that. There is an online registration you can see there in the bulletin. And also, um, again, we need volunteers who might be willing to bring snacks for those who are donating. And we ask to be part of that. Monica and Cruz. A little less than two weeks, and uh, but again, they would love for you to be part of their of that wedding ceremony. Also, the KTF Foundation, on uh, uh, that is going to be Saturday, July 28th. We'll be having Keep the Faith Benefit concert, Night of Southern Gospel Music. And we'll just hope you put that on your calendar and come be part of that. And then last, there's a new table set up there by the... Uh, uh, the church office and that uh, back-to-school fair that is going to be Saturday, August the 4th. And we've been asked uh, to provide... Uh New shoes for 100 Cabot students, and uh, you have done that for the last two years, and those cards are out there, and we encourage you to take a card, to buy a pair of shoes, to tie that card onto the onto the laces and bring the shoes, and uh, they need to be back on July the 29th, but uh, again, just an outreach to, to help some students who uh, uh, just may not be able to have that provided for them. So let us do that and reach out to this community. Again, love you. Have a blessed day. Take a nap. Come back. Be part of Faith at Five tonight. Brother Jerry, would you come?
3: Before you today, thanking you for the many opportunities that we have to come to your house and worship. As the song says how wonderful it is and how marvelous it is that our savior has a deep love for us oh lord in these uncertain times it is most important that ever that we look to you and commit our lives to live our lives in your honor that you we always would should remember that you provide the grace of life we thank you for this church and the excitement to come and hear the gospel preach and let us take full meaning of the message leavened of the gospel and that gospel uh, actually matters in our worship lord we lift up the prayer request that's been mentioned today both mentioned and un- unspoken and be with those families and comfort them in their great time of need for these things we ask in jesus name and for his sake
0: amen